Let's get into our question for the week. We, um, every week we go through different questions, but I build the question up. So uh, the last two weeks, do you all remember what we've been talking about? And this is kind of a capstone to the last two weeks. But we were talking about change. Change is, I believe, central to Christian life. If you're not changing positively, because my dad always says you can change negatively. If you're not changing positively and growing, what are you doing? I start with a picture here of a person at a crossroads. You know, you have to, like, we're coming to the end of a year. Can I ask you, have you changed positively in your walk with God? We always talk about the ideas of your character. Has your character changed at all? You know, week after week, you know, hopefully you partake of the Lord's table and we partake of the Savior who came down and offered himself in humility. We talk about the characteristics that we should be emulating. And yet many times character doesn't change. We're talking about walking in the will of God. You know, these are the three big things of spiritual growth in our church. Our character, walking in the will of God. Are you walking in God's will more today than you were yesterday? Or are you just living in this world? So many people are just living. You need to be thinking, am I growing and walking the will of God? And does anyone remember the third thing we always talk about? Da right? Your daily habits and your disciplines. Right? So what are you doing every day? Are you accounting for your time daily? I think if you can at least grow in one of these things, you're growing in your walk. So from the beginning of 2023 to today, has anything changed? You're the only one who can answer that. Two weeks ago, we asked the question, um, why don't we see change in the life of Christians? And Teslin already mentioned this. What was it? Faith without works is dead. So many times we lack faith. We are so caught up in this visual world, we lose sight of the invisible Jesus. And as you keep eyes on Him, you want to grow in Him. That's the thing that matters. But then I also said, just, you can't just look at the invisible Jesus. There's a work required. So I said two weeks ago, people lack faith and people lack work. Last week we talked about the idea, how does an individual begin to change? And last week we looked at the story of the disciples with the nets. Do you all remember that? And I said, there's two things required for us, the process of change. Does anyone remember the first one? Jogging your brains here. Like, why would they leave their nets all of a sudden? What makes you drop your nets and leave it all of a sudden? It's because they were tired of their old ways. You won't see change in your life till you're tired of what is. And then the second thing I said, that once you're tired of what is, what God always requires of you is to cut some things. We lack the ability to let go of certain things, let go of certain lifestyles, let go of certain friendships. So if you want to begin the process of change, be tired of what is. So that was the last two weeks. And now we're building, and I want to say this, the end goal of change is what? What do I want? What do we hope to see as believers? We hope to see maturity. We hope as believers, we can be mature believers. I hope as years go on, there's an upward growth. Obviously, growth doesn't always happen like that. It's kind of, it can go up and down through this different seasons that we're in. But my prayer is that it's normally going higher still. 
may the prayer be that we're growing more mature. You know what maturity means? If you could define the word maturity, could you put a definition to that? Here's what maturity is. Like, right, why can't a baby eat meat? Because their stomach isn't developed for it. Maturity is you developing yourself. So I want to encourage you as I'm getting into this, my prayer, and this is my prayer through these three weeks, and hopefully this is the heart of God, may you desire better in your life for your walk with God. And ultimately, may you desire maturity. May you desire to be a mature Christian. The hard part, though, is maturity is hard to read. Like, am I mature or am I not mature? Right? Let's go with the examples of a kid. Right? We see two kids right there. Which one is the mature one? I don't know if y'all would define one. <laughs> now get out of here. The one on the right is more mature. Like, you know, you can look at someone externally, like in an interview. What are people doing? Like if someone comes in sloppy, you, you lose your chances because there's a sense of lack of maturity. Right? So with human maturity, you can look on the outside. I have a few more examples, right? Like a kid is drawing on the wall or drawing on that. Right? We can look at someone externally and say human maturity. The difficulty is spiritual things, it's hard to tell. How do I know if I'm maturing or not? How do I know I'm the person scribbling or the person writing? I have one more. Right? We see someone like having a hard time eating and someone actually eating. Right? <laughs> like how do I know spiritually if I'm this person versus the little baby over there? And that's what I want to implore with us. And this is what I want to think through together today. And I just want to, before I end, I want to say this. One of the umbrellas of our church is that we want to be growing in maturity. This is one of the themes. I hope that's one of our cries together that we are growing in maturity as believers. So even as we get into it today, I pray that you're not satisfied with where you are. And my prayer of all prayers is that we as a church will want growth. So I ask you, and the question's already up there, what does it mean to be a mature believer? It's hard, you know, it's hard to know, like, am I really maturing? So let's start by discussing that. What are qualities of people who are mature believers? I can get it right into it then. Um, so I'm going to get us going in the text. But I want you to be thinking, do I have qualities of a mature believer? So we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. And it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. We're going to read together. Say, oh, y'all got to read with me. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Attaining what? Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, 
grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And so we look at this text and we say, what does the text tell us about our maturity? So it says, I'm going to read this and I'm going to highlight a word and y'all tell me if y'all notice it. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves blown here and there. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him, him who is the head. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So what do we learn about maturity first? Did y'all realize the word I was highlighting? We. You know, he could have said you. You will grow. But he says we. So what do we recognize? The first thing I want you to recognize is there's a we in maturity. You don't just get mature by yourself. Maturity comes when you connect with a group of people together. This is where many of us lack today. You have to be intentional about the people you keep around you. If the people around you are not growing in God or caring about God, you may hear all of the best sermons on Sunday, feel so excited, and then Monday you go hang out with them and they talk about the new car they want or the new house they want. And guess what? You could have gone one step forward and then when you talk to them, you go five steps back. We is important in maturity. We matters. Who are the people that you are keeping around you? Let me just tell you this. My vision for church is this. You know, even as I was reading this last night, this was not even one of the points I wanted to say, but the text just spoke to me so much. And I believe this is God speaking to us. We matters. When I, when I think of what a church can be, it's a group of people who are in energy together growing. Whereas too many times it's like, do something for me, Sam. I came here to be revived. No, we come to build each other up. We together matters. Honestly, I want you to think about that. We matters. Who are you keeping around you? Right? You will never live into your potential based on the people around you. I really want to encourage you. You have to be intentional. And that may even be, mean being intentional about saying, like, we aren't even, like, you know, my, my wife always tells me this. When she was growing my wife is a strong prayer. And I asked her, where did she learn how to pray? And she always says, I had these two older late girls in my church, two chechis, as we call them, who would just, they would be like, come pray with me. And they would show her. Your maturity will never come till you realize, I need people to help me grow. I need to learn from the people around me. You know, even if you read the text, right? It says, so he gave us prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. There are different people God gives us for a reason because each person helps us grow. I don't think God ever intends for one person to mature themselves by themselves. 
you will have to look at the people around you and you'll have to say, help me grow. You have something I don't have. And you know why he does that? So your head never gets too big. Many times if I were to grow by myself, guess what? I think I don't need you guys. But God, I really believe this too. The move of God is going to come when a group of people are hungry together. Done are the days where God is going to anoint one leader and one worship leader and we're going to grow a mega church. It's going to be a group together. And you know why? Because then he will be given the glory. It won't be the people in the front. He will be given the glory. But we matters. So I want to ask you first this morning, who do you keep around you? Are you intentional of your friends? Are you intentional of the people that you are letting pour into your life? Because that makes a difference in your life. If the people are not going the same place you're going, you're, end up, you're going to go the wrong way. And the second part to this point is this. Do you build up those around you or do you tear them down? Because this is not me asking you to forsake all your friends. Say like you like to go hang out with your friends and y'all end up doing like gossiping or doing things you shouldn't. This is not me saying forsake them. Why don't you change the culture of that place? Why don't you use maybe God put you there to make them better? You know, even this week, you know, I was invited to go to a house to have uh, dinner or lunch. I'm sorry. And I went over there and it, like Zion went and played with the kids. Hep's back was not hurting. And we ended up just talking. And it's like it's some of Hepsi's friends, like Hep's like, and her friend like got it going. And she didn't even come because her body was hurting. So I was like, what, what am I going to do with these random people? Obviously, like they're cool and I'll be nice to them. But then I thought, why don't I choose to guide them towards things that I care about? So I asked them questions like, like, what are you doing to serve God? Like, what, what is, how are you growing in your walk with God? Right? We as people in our maturity can build maturity in the life of others. And it was so fruitful. They were so happy that at the end of their saying, maybe God allowed this for a reason because they were challenged. And so I want to encourage you, maturity doesn't happen in isolation. It happens in a group. So consider those that you have around you and consider, am I making those around me better? The second thing, I'll go quickly through them, is the idea of stability. We see in the verse, it says what? Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. So what do we see? Maturity, what are qualities of maturity? They are stable person, right? I, po I put a picture of a tree. You know, this tree is not moving anywhere. And can you tell me why? Be because the roots are so strong. And when I consider a mature believer, I honestly believe this, there is a stability inside of them. They're not tossed around by their situations. We see in this text, you know, in this particular text, we see what is what's tossing the people around during that time. What was tossing them around during that time? They're blown in here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. So what I want to encourage you is during that time, it was the teachings that swayed them. 
One teacher would say one thing and then another would say another and they would be swayed one way or the other. But I consider for us today, what sways us? I think many people today, you know, we have so much intention with God. We care. Like Sundays, we're so amped. And the thing that sways us more than anything is we live off our feelings. Emotions are what drive us. And I believe this. If you want to be a mature believer, you cannot live off your feelings. Right? Because guess what happens? On Monday afternoon after work and you're like, God, I want to spend time with you. And after an eight-hour shift, guess what happens? I'm tired. I don't care. And if I live by my feelings, I'm swayed. What I want to encourage you is this. If you want to be a mature believer, you have to have a stability in God and your convictions. I'm going to actually end a little early, but let me say one more story. So this is one of my most dra- traumatic stories as a teacher. And so, um, you know, one day I was teaching in my class and uh, one of the things I always would do is I would ask them to bring their notes forward so I would take a grade. I've learned that if you tell them to just to take notes, no one takes notes for no reason. They, they have no desire to take notes. So I make it a grade. So I, I called uh, one of my students forward. His name is Conrad. And I asked Conrad, all right, Conrad, um, can I see your notes? He gave it. He had everything, so he got 100. On his way back to his desk, him and his friend Arthur were talking. And Arthur, Conrad was the uh, offensive lineman for the school team, one of the best in the district, strong guy. Arthur was a, a, sh- a short guy, you know, maybe like, you know, five, 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 not the strongest in any way, doesn't play any sports. And they were talking. And uh, all I see is Arthur look at him and pop him in the head. Closed fist. And I said, what is happening right now in my classroom? And so all you see is Arthur just like, get, like he, he gets hit, he almost falls over. And Arthur's like, what just happened? And I'm like, what just happened? And Conrad goes back to his desk and Arthur's like, oh, heck no. And so Arthur's like mad at this point. And so Arthur like gets up on his chair because, you know, he wants to intimidate him because he's shorter. And he's like, what's up, bro? Like, why are you going to do me like that? Because in that setting, you can't get punched and not do something because then everyone will punch you. So he got like, what's up, bro? And I'm like, what is happening right now? Like, I still remember where I'm standing to this day. My heart is pounding. And so all I could do is I go in the middle of them and I separate them. I was like, please don't do this right now. Right? Because I also know if Arthur goes to the fight, Arthur's going to get beat up. So I was like, so luckily Armando, Armando is there and he's like, Armando, please take Arthur out because they were friends. So Armando takes Arthur out of the room. And I was like, what are y'all doing? This is not what I signed up for when I taught, right? And so they take Arthur and Arthur starts punching the wall. Like he literally punches, he's so mad, he punches the wall, he breaks two knuckles and he starts bleeding from his knuckles. Oh, what is happening? So I walk both of them to the office. They both get a week of ISS. So, but then on Monday, I talked to him and they're like talking to each other like friends. I was like, what is wrong with both of you? You gave me a heart attack to just be friends again. But then I asked Conrad, I said, Conrad, why did you do that? Like, what happened that day that made you do that? And I still remember this. And he said, I felt like it. And I was like, you caused all that chaos because you felt like it. I was like, what is wrong with you? And I look at believers today, and this is how they live. I just felt like it. 
so all of it to say, the point that I was just trying to make with that story is this. Uh, he lived off his impulse. And I think for many of us as believers, we live off our impulse. We have desire for better, but our emotions guide us more than our decisions and our convictions. So I really want to encourage you. You know, I, I've only given two points. I had one more, but I'll get, we'll end with this. Are you a slave of your feelings or of your convictions? And I believe this. If you want to become a mature believer, if we see in the text, if you live off your feelings, you will always sway. You will go by what you feel this moment, and then the next you'll feel something else, and you'll go with a different decision. For you to really become a mature believer, you can't be tossed by your feelings, but instead be guided and li live in your convictions. So I leave you with those two things, right? What does a mature believer look like, right? I think the first thing you have to recognize is that there is a we component of maturity. You will never reach the, the level of God till you come together with a group of people. So be intentional with the people around you. Are y'all growing in God? And even more than that, this is the individual responsibility. Stabilize yourself. When it's so easy to live by your feelings, when it's so easy to be tossed back and forth, have a conviction in God. Have a conviction in God to say, I want to grow in God. And I believe as you can even do those two small things, your maturity in God will increase. You will not be your normal self. You will be a more mature and a complete version of yourself. So I just want to encourage you, you know, we're stepping into the Lord's table very quickly. As we're stepping into that, I want to encourage you, reflect on your life and consider, am I a mature believer? Am I someone that's tossed to and fro based on my situations or based on my feelings? Or am I rooted in God? And my prayer is that even as we partake of this, this is a process of our maturation. Every time we partake of this, we are partaking of His body and His blood. That He gave Himself up for us. He is the image of maturity. He is the image. And as you partake, you realize and God, give me the grace. Give me the grace to follow the example of Jesus who gave up His life here for something better. And so as you partake today, reflect on your life. Reflect and ask God, God, help me to become a more mature version of myself. And honestly, it begins with you just caring. Care to grow yourself in your walk with God. So take a moment and reflect with God and ask God to speak to you today. Are you where you need to be in your walk? And if not, center yourself to say, God, I need more. I want more of you. My prayer is that as we go from here, we don't just hear the words of God and be idle, but that we live it out. And my prayer is as we live this out, we are, we are continuing to grow into the image of Christ. That wherever we go, people stop seeing us and they start seeing more of Jesus.